Telegram post. We're doing the intro over here on uh, YouTube, and then we're good to go. Yeah, just like that. We're good to go. Salutations, my friend, and thank you for tuning in to another edition of Factions of Freedom. I'm your host, Noise Era, Freedom Faction, whichever one you prefer. This is the crew cast, planned obsolescence edition. Yeah, we're going to be mixing stuff up. We're going to be trying something a little bit different. I should go ahead and let you know. Uh, in the second segment, let me see if I can pull up that cool little cue right there. Bam. In the second segment, we have a call-in number. I'll go ahead and give it out. 781-448-4929. Again, that number is 781 448 Four nine two nine. That's the call-in number we'll have in the second segment because we're always mixing stuff up. You know, typically every Tuesday we are hanging out with you good people over on Instagram. Well, our technocratic overlords kind of stopped that, but while they might have stopped one outlet, that doesn't necessarily mean they're stopping the message or the work from getting out. Yeah, we have a very information-packed episode for you good people. As always, I'm not here to waste your time. I'm here to tickle your mind, make you think, see what's going on. You know, <clears throat> let me say this. I'll run through these topics. We'll do the news crews and kick this pig off proper. Um, you know, I'm back in the gym, all kinds. It feels great, first and foremost. But there's this one cat I saw who took the jab. And I'm telling you, man, he's not looking too hot. It's kind of worrying me. And I've talked about him over here on the show. There's that old dude I had to come at because he ratted me out for not wearing my mask. Well, I'm past that these days, but because I don't wear, I'm not, I'm not down to BDSM. I'm not down to suffocate myself as I get the, uh, get the grind on. But anyway, this is that cat, and uh, he took the shot, man. And this is an old Chicago cop named Gino. And I tell you, I look at him and I see the withering taking place, dude. It's kind of sad because I don't even like hate him so much as I like pity him right now. And I say, you know, the withering because his eyes are all sunk in. He's got that uh, he's got that mouth that old old sick people have, you know, where it's kind of dark. Uh, definitely a lot more aloof, much more confused at the gym. And it's just crazy because this is a guy you used to talk scripture with, even though he ratted you out uh, to the gym heads, the staff. But it doesn't make me feel good seeing the effects of the jab uh, begin, to, begin to set in. This is a dude that's a lot more lethargic at the gym. Uh, like I've talked to him, man. This is a guy that chased down criminals and beat up all kinds of punks and stuff. It's, it, was, it was an interesting relationship until it wasn't. But I'm just seeing now, now that he's got that jab up in him, man. I'm seeing some of the side effects begin to take place and it doesn't bring my heart any joy. You know, he's still trying to hit the weights, but you definitely see him being again, a lot more lethargic, a lot more tired. And, uh, that's not good. It's not good. And so, you know, we'll see, uh, we, we will see what's going on because I'm not wearing the mask. I'm not taking the jab and I'm not down to play this game. It's a dangerous one at that. Uh, but, uh, yeah, you know, let me go ahead and do the quick plugs for you guys, and we'll start the show. If you want to support this operation, you can do so 
by scanning those cool little QR codes over there in the bottom, it's got the uh, the PayPal subscription tiers. I unfortunately had a very busy weekend and haven't been able to launch the website, which will be consolidating everything that we'll be mentioning throughout the entirety of the show. Uh, we have seasons one through 11 made available in the Sporgish Borg edition. You can hit me up on the side for that. Uh, but we will be launching, if not later this week, next week, the website, which will have all of this. Uh, the idea is to make something super light, super easy, very navigatable. Our website already kind of has that, but it's, again, just to be a functionality for the podcast. The next website we're kind of launching is to, again, expand on everything we're doing, give you access to the Telegram feeds, the Instagram feeds, and more. But if you guys want to support this operation, uh, hit us up in the links. I think, you know, let me see if I can. I think I might be able to put the link in the uh, into the YouTube chat as we are live. But I'll for sure put this in the description bar below so you guys can get access to it and support this operation. Again, I'll put all this stuff in the uh, on the website in the description bar below and so much more. So it, uh, it's easier to navigate. That's kind of the whole point behind doing it, right? Making it easier so people can contribute and navigate. But yeah. What up, Abel? Salutations, Playboy. Thank you for tuning in. Salutations, Abel. Um, yeah, let me do this. Uh, these top, Let me cruise through these topics right quick. I'm, I could do like a quick plug about my Patriot Supply, guys, you know, because today is like, we're, we're experiencing another cyber pandemic attack. Apparently, one of the largest meat distributors got attacked again. This is like a couple hundred days into Biden's administration. We're already getting like cyber hacked. And he's just throwing money out the window, acting like we got all this ransom money. So, yeah, if you don't have storable goods, go ahead and get yourself some. That link will be in the description bar below. You need to uh, because inflation is coming. The supply chain is disrupted. So I think that's all I'm going to say as far as the the ways to support us. Uh, get a subscription tier. We're going to be doing a lot of different things here soon. I think April's the month where we're going to sit here and kind of act like things are back to normal. And then come June, we got to shut stuff down. Shucks, July. We're already in June. Mine's all over the place. Uh, but support this operation. The links are in the description bar below. Here are some of the topics I'd like to talk to you guys about or some of the things that I will intermingle throughout the entirety of the show. People enjoying the tyranny. Virtue signalers being emboldened to act on their fake compassion forward slash altruism. Something I talked about with the exclusive members is the pushback and how the enemy won't let us know when we would succeed. Remember, the revolution will not be televised. These corporate shills, these snakes in suits, they're not going to like you see them coming around now. Having to eat crow, coming out, hat in hand, saying, ah, shucks, we might have screwed the pooch with this. They might have to eat crow and admit that Trump was right. The pushback is taking place. You know, this is something we've kind of documented on the show uh, for the past two weeks. You've now got parents standing up, other doctors standing up, uh, legislation being passed, uh, lawsuits being waged. This is a good thing. And it's also not enough, but it will take place. Continuing on with the topics. The unleashing of the nihilists. This is something uh, that uh, Albert Pike talked about. How towards the culmination of their agenda, they want to unleash the nihilists, unleash the atheists. And that's kind of what we're seeing today. Uh, godless people, 
people that no longer care, no accelerationists, extremists. We're really seeing, you know, not necessarily the bottom of the barrel, but we're really seeing some darkness begin to manifest, uh, which leads me to this next topic, four slash question. Why are they showing us so many violent attacks and assaults? Feels like every other day I'm posting about you know, a mass shooting here, robbery here, gunshots here, you know, people getting punched in the face there. And I'm like, wow, this is horrible. Um, this is this is uh, clearly being used to demoralize us and put us into a position of 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 fear. But it's sad because to me, which leads me to the next thing I want to talk about, it leads to the dumbing down of knowledge and wisdom, language and more. We no longer prize intelligence. This is something I went on a, a, a fierce rant about with the exclusive members uh, this, this, this past weekend for their exclusive members meeting. I got legitimately triggered and frustrated uh, because you see all this transgender stuff coming out. You see all this, this stuff happening right now. Uh, and, I, and, I, and I'm disappointed because back in the day, we used to prize intelligence back in the day. We used to, you know, exalt wisdom and knowledge and truth. We really did. You know, people would love to sit in on some of those, those, those academic discussions. Debates would go for like hours on end. We used to prize that type of stuff. We don't do it now. For some god-awful reason, we prize genitalia these days. We prize uh, drugs, intoxication inebriation, decadence, and more. We don't prize truth. We don't prize wisdom. We don't exalt knowledge. No, that's too hard. Shucks. Let's just beat somebody in the mouth because they disagree with us. And that's a darn shame. That's a darn shame. Because if you try to beat me in the mouth, I'll put a gun in yours. Uh, Continuing on, Memorial Day, how immigrants know more than some Americans. It's pretty sad. I saw a video over there on campus reform of the modern American youth. Hipstered out, trendy as a mofo, uh, giggling at their ignorance of the very nation they inherited. That's right. A lot of people have no idea that Memorial Day was a holiday to support those fallen victims, the veterans that served for this country. It was actually kind of crazy to see again. Immigrants that that come here to this country, knowing how great it is as compared to other places. And they understand that the people fought and died for the freedoms that we have here, and they appreciate the freedoms. But these days you have people that are just like, ah, you know, let's 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 do away with Memorial Day. It represents imperialism, colonialism, white supremacy and all this other stuff. And I think to myself, wow, this is crazy. I wonder where this mindset's going to go. Where, where, where this this mindset of just crapping on the very thing that gave you everything you have. And I get it. That's the beautiful part about this country. We can be critical. But what these people are talking about these days is not critical for the sake of being productive or constructive. No, this is being critical for the point of destructive and at the same time, deconstructive. Maybe we'll talk more about this mindset later on, Marxism and more. Uh, civil unrest, civilian style stuff, riots, how, how you have people literally depleting corporate forward slash government resources. Uh, uh, an interesting talk or an, an interesting uh, topic or thought analysis is this concept of low intensity conflict or low intensity warfare. 
and 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 the idea behind that uh, is the fact that high intensity conflict, where there's actual, uh, you know, fights and battles going on in the middle of the street, what you think of as conventional warfare, right? That's high intensity conflict. What's happening now uh, is a low intensity conflict, where you have them again uh, calling the cops, even though they want to say defund the police, just so they can exhaust the resources of the of the cities or the state at the time frame uh, so that, that you can, again, get the police department demoralized to where people just quit. And then at the, after a while, you know, war of attrition, battle of wills, you have more people who want to destroy the system instead of like upholding it. They'll deplete those government forward slash corporate resources. And then eventually they win low intensity conflict. Very, very interesting things to talk about. The fragmentation of society, uh, why there's so many child abduction videos. I almost put together like a, a, a mini cast just the other week. We saw like so many people, so many children getting abducted. It was kind of creepy. I won't lie. Uh, why are they promoting transgenderism? Marxism being announced as a religion. And this is a thought process. I feel like we should really begin to ask ourselves more. This is the final topic. Then we'll move on. Uh, why is no one asking where all these talking points for slash directives are coming from? Who's upgrading society? Like, why are we having to uh, accept transgenderism and some of these other things that are going on? Again, this deconstructivist mindset, the Marxist overtaking society, the communism. Why is no one asking where all these talking points are coming from and who's upgrading society? Just a couple of things I wanted to talk to you good people about. And like I said, there's no particular order. I'm sure throughout the entirety of this transmission, we'll, we'll, we'll mention uh, some of these things and more. But the, I suppose that's just where we're at, halfway through 2021. <laughs> I suppose that's just where we're at, at 2021. So in the second segment, we're going to be taking your guys' call. Let me go ahead and give out that number. You guys can write it down or type it into your phone or text it into the Telegram chat. That's most likely where I'll put it. I'll put this number and the link to join us via StreamYard in Telegram during the break. Again, that number to call in in the second segment is 781-448-4929. Call in, get situated, and then we'll go from there. You'll have to let me know if there is a pin. I think there might be. Uh, but we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Sound like a plan? Sounds the bueno. All right. So let's go ahead and start getting into the news cruise with you good people. You beautiful, beautiful creatures. <laughs> oh, man. You know, I got to say this. Speaking of beautiful creatures, I don't think I would... Um, I don't think I'll, I'll make it to 50, 70, or even 90 without the help of my wife because I'm a pretty, pretty savage guy. I got to be honest. I was like already trying to talk about some stuff I shouldn't in relation to my child. And thank God my wife was there to kind of rein me in. But um, I'm very grateful, man. I look at what's going on in society today, and I'm just very nervous about all the things that are coming forward. Uh, but I guess that's how this all works, man. You're not Life is not supposed to be some spectator sport. I think for a good while, multiple generations had stuff pretty good. 
and they let it kind of go to waste without informing us of what was taking place. And here we are trying to pick up the pieces. And so I guess I'm just grateful for what little I have, man. I think that's something we should all be grateful for moving forward because you can see them actively trying to take it from us. But anyway, let me get back in it. Let me get into these news articles. <laughs> uh, U.S. Supreme Court rejects Johnson Johnson talk fine appeal. Great. Yeah, sue Johnson and Johnson, bro. The uh, I talked about this just the other day when I was freaking out. Why are we trusting Johnson and Johnson? These people who are known for making this talcum powder that gives men breast. Why are we trusting this pharmaceutical company to literally make an experimental gene therapy? It's like, aren't you guys facing lawsuits right now? I don't think you should be trying to make drugs whenever you're fighting these lawsuits. Continuing on. State together diplomats' health details in response to Havana syndrome. Uh, for people who are unfamiliar as to what the Havana syndrome is, it's directed energy warfare, psychotronic technology. You literally have them in places like uh, Cuba hitting the U.S. embassy with sound-based weapons to uh, not necessarily in- incapacitate the diplomats there but to make them disoriented to where they can't focus to where they have uh, extreme migraines or uh, vertigo and things like this. That's where we're at. We are now in the days of fifth generation warfare, 5G. Yeah, more of that is going to take place. Uh, and And I foresee a lot more of that taking place as more and more people get the shot. You know, one thing we haven't talked about over here, you guys can find it in our Telegram chat, it's a so-called magnet medley conspiracy, which is where a lot of people post receiving their uh, C-19 jab become magnetized. It's kind of creepy. Makes you think, what are they doing to literally alter the biochemistry of a body to where it becomes magnetized? Fascinating and disturbing at the same time. Moving on. Moving on. Here's some of that crow eating I was telling you about. Even democracy dies in darkness. The Washington Post is forced to walk back the, quote, debunked conspiracy theory of the Wuhan lab leak reporting. Yeah, thank gosh there's been a lot of information coming out about that. (laughs) Thank God, dude. Uh, You know, this is this is the main question I'm asking what's going on? Why don't people want to figure out the origins of the virus? Because this is a blank check for our totalitarian technocratic overlords to, 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 to do anything they want to expand the tyranny. Let me read a little bit of this and then we'll get back into the, uh, the news crews. It says over the weekend, Senator Rand Paul and former CIA director and secretary of state, Mike Pompeo, both warned that the Wuhan Institute of Virology is still up and running and that evidence points to involvement with the Chinese military and bioweapons research. Appearing on Fox News, Paul told Janine Pirro that he is worried that U.S. funding is still being used by the lab to conduct biological warfare experiments. Quote, I'm very worried that this stuff still goes on and that the U.S. government's been funding it, Paul said, adding that, quote, we've got a lot of evidence pointing to this lab now as the origins of the virus outbreak. Referring to the gain-of-functions research with the coronavirus that is known to have taken place in the lab, Paul warned that, quote, it's making it more transmissible to humans, and oftentimes 
making it more deadly to humans or making it more deadly in humans. Washington Post having to eat crow. You guys can go read more about that if you'd like to. Uh, but you hear it coming out. Fauci's a scumbag. Gates is a scumbag. Uh, and it's only a matter of time. <laughs> it is only a matter of time. Here's another quick news blitz for you guys. Uh, drug war crumbles as city converts old police academy into cannabis grow facility. Yeah, that's right. In the drug war, all you're doing is locking up people, destroying lives. There are people in there from like 1947, bro, since the end of World War II. It's a it's atrocious what's going on, and it doesn't make any sense either. You put you a person makes a bad mistake, so you put them in there with a whole bunch of other people that make bad mistakes, and you expect them to come out better than when you put them in. We got to smarten up about this. I'm I'm about prison reform, man. I really am. There's a lot of people in there on crimes that they don't need to be on. And then there's a lot of people out here that don't need to be out in the streets. Uh-uh. You need to be locked up. <laughs> I'm serious. Another article for you guys. Uh, GOP representative Nancy Mace's home has been vandalized with no gods, no masters. The Antifa messaging on Memorial Day. It's on the Gateway Pundit. You guys can go look it up if you want to. Very interesting. Very, very interesting. What's crazy is these are not anarchists, man. These are terrorists. These are extremists. Anarchists and like libertarians. They want to be left alone. They want to, uh, when they mean no gods, no masters, they're saying, let's be done with this autonomy, right? We'll talk more about autonomous zones here shortly, but these are not anarchists, man. These are saboteurs. Back in China with this article, the CDC is closely tracking a human case or closely tracking human cases of bird flu in China. This comes from the Gateway Pundit. It's written by Christina Lalia. Says that the CDC is closely tracking a human case of the H1083 strain of bird flu in China, possibly the world's first. Goes on to say that a 41-year-old man in Jiangsu province was hospitalized on April 28th after developing a fever and is in stable condition. The AP reported. The National Health Commission said the infection is, quote, accidental cross-species transmission. Quote, the risk of large-scale transmission is low, the agency said in a statement. According to Reuters, no other human cases of H10N3 have been reported elsewhere. So just like that, as we figure out that Fauci and Gates are the scumbags they are, they release a new virus. I wonder what's going to happen with this, dude. <laughs> and it only makes sense, too. I mean, look, it's, it's, it's June 1st, right? It's June 1st, halfway through 2021. The evidence is coming out about uh, COVID-19. Of course, they would need some new virus to begin to propagandize and, and, and fearmonger people too. With shucks, now that we got this whole vaccine passport database, how do we get people to take it? I know. Let's invent a very new virus. 
I'm sure we'll hear more about this. You know how the media is. They can't keep their hands off of something like that. You know how that goes. Yep, China reports human case of H10N3 bird flu. Developing, developing. SUV used in Miami shooting spree found submerged in canal. Let me see if I can find this clip for you guys. We put it up on our Telegram, I think. It's like a 23-minute clip, but it's just basically a gang of dudes that hop out of this SUV, and it, it, it happens like in a split second. They ran up on this concert that was going that the, the people were having, and uh, they just shot it up. I think it's like 20 people were injured, 20-plus people were injured, and three died, and we have no idea what the motive Again, this is more of that civil unrest and that destabilization that they want us to just get used to. And I'm just like, my God, dude, like, what is happening? What is happening? We are turning into a war zone. This is more of that lawlessness, too. It's very dangerous. Continuing on, though. That's the crazy thing. We have to. Um, Insurrection debunked. New video shows completely peaceful protests inside of the U.S. Capitol on January 6th. Yeah, there's footage that comes out of of, of the Capitol Police starting stuff, throwing flashbangs and things like this. I'll talk more about that on the podcast episode. We have a, a clip to play for you guys. New evidence is coming out, but yeah. They, they used uh, January 6th as a pretense or pretext uh, to set up a political persecution committee and greenlight the ability to come after American citizens. It's crazy. You know, it's like the Patriot Act on steroids. And now they're calling for a Truth and Reconciliation, uh, Reconciliation Commission. It's wild what's going on out there, man. Because uh, what's taking place is not only historic, but dystopian. I thoroughly believe that we have gone past 1984, which leads me to this interesting piece of news right here. Check this out, gang. Uh, This proposal, this Biden proposal, could make the U.S. a, quote, digital dictatorship. Interesting. We already know that we're leaning towards a scientific dictatorship. Follow the science, trust the science, things like this and more. Let's see what Whitney Webb has to say of Sons of Liberty Media. She says a, quote, new proposal by the Biden administration to create a health-focused federal agency modeled after DARPA is not what it appears to be. Promoted as a way to, quote, end cancer, this resuscitated, quote, health DARPA conceals a dangerous agenda. Last Wednesday, President Biden was widely praised in mainstream and healthcare-focused media for his call to create a, quote, new biomedical research agency modeled after the the U.S. military's, quote, high-risk, high-reward Defense Advanced Project Research, DARPA. They're they're talking about HARPA, uh, the Health Advanced Research Project Agency. Uh, As touted by the presidency, or by the president, the agency would seek to develop a, quote, innovative and breakthrough treatments for cancer, Alzheimer's disease, and diabetes, with a call to, quote, in cancer as we know it. Far from co-ending cancer in the way that most Americans might envision it, 
The proposed agency would, quote, merge national security and, quote, health security in such a way as to use both physical and mental health, quote, warning signs to prevent outbreaks of diseases or violence before they occur. Such a system is a recipe for, quote, technocratic pre-crime organization with the potential to criminalize both mental and physical illness as, a, as, well, as, the, as, as well as, quote, wrong thing. Now, this could be interesting. This could, this is the... This is what it's all about right here. You know, just the other week, because we put it up on our Telegram channel, I play the clip for you guys. But dementia-ridden Joe Biden talked about nurses knowing that in the next 10 to 15 years, all kinds of hospital beds are going to be filled with Alzheimer's or dementia patients. And I thought that's kind of strange because, you know, here you are, yourself being an Alzheimer or dementia patient, uh, what are you doing leading the country? And now while that sounds like a joke, I've got to ask myself the question of what is he alluding to by saying that? We already know we have horrible attention spans due to the technology. It's akin to that of a fish, right? Poor health, things like this and more. Uh, what what did he mean by saying that? Let me see if I can go ahead and cue, cue up this video clip for you guys just so we can get it on record because it's ominous and weird. It's super short. It'll be like, what is that, like 15 seconds? Yeah, let me pull it up here for you guys. Give me one additional second. So I'll play this on the podcast as well. But uh, here's Joe Biden saying that all hospital beds will be filled for Alzheimer's within 15 years. Again, ominous. But we'll pick it up from there. We don't do something about Alzheimer's in America. Every single solitary hospital bed that exists in America, the nurses can tell you, every single one will be occupied in the next 15 years with an Alzheimer's patient. Every single hospital bed will be occupied by an Alzheimer's patient in the next 10 to 15 years. How crazy is that? Well, let's get back into this article a little bit. I don't want to take up too much time on it, but let's just kind of, again, briefly look over this and uh, intuit what what this person's talking about, or at least what they're, again, alluding to with a statement like that. Because you got to think, we're already seeing it right now, uh, the, 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 the scientific dictatorship, the health dictatorship. Uh, last year, we talked a whole lot about it. Archbishop Carlo Vigliano came out saying that this global health dictatorship that these people are trying to set up. This is an affront to God. This is blasphemy. This is these people's attempt at, at, at totalitarian control of the, of, of the world. They're trying to control humanity. This is of the devil. Like they're telling you, <laughs> you got to think about this. They call, what do they call it? Opposition defiant disorder. Whenever you don't want to listen to blind authority, I'm sure in the future it'll be called a uh, hate speech or wrong think. We're already seeing this take place. These people have an altruistic goal of ending cancer. Have they not seen I am legend? You guys can't even eradicate the flu. You're over here making viruses. We're having to call you out. And you want to talk about ending cancer? Got to smarten up. Are you serious? This is Obey Big Brother. Let me, oh, good God. I only got I, I got to read a little bit of this and then get back into the news because, dude, I'll get upset. I already am. It says the Biden administration 
has asked Congress for $6.5 billion to fund the agency, which would be largely guided by Biden's recently confirmed top science advisor, Eric Lander. Lander, formerly the head of Silicon Valley, dominated Broad Institute, has been contro- uh, controversial for his ties to eugenicist and child sex trafficker Jeffrey Epstein, up oh, there it is, and his recently recent praise for James Watson, an overly racist eugenist. Despite that, Lander is said to be confirmed by the Senate and Congress and is rec- and is reportedly significantly enthusiastic about the new proposed new, quote, health DARPA. Uh, this new agency is said to be called ARPA-H or HARPA. It would be housed within the National Institutes of Health and would raise the NIH budget to f- over $51 billion. Unlike other agencies at the NIH, ARPA-H would uh, defer in that project's its fund would not be peer reviewed prior to approval. Wow. Instead, handpicked program managers would be, would make all funding decisions. Funding would also take the form of milestone driven payments instead of the more traditional multi-year grants. Oh, wow. Yeah. We got to put this up in the, uh, <laughs> we got to put this up in the telegram for people to read. This is a, this is intense to say the least. Wow. Yeah, what they're basically saying is they're trying to figure out how to set up a health dictatorship to criminalize people who don't go along uh, with this standardized approach towards health that we're seeing right now. We There's a crazy clip that we put on our Telegram channel of a mother uh, that talks about her encounter with somebody who she was just at a park. Somebody that just had their vaccine, you know, she was talking about how wonderful it was. You know, how she had just communicated with this person and connected. And then out of nowhere, you know, the conversation took that turn. It drifted into politics. And she had asked uh, this lady, she's like, did you get your shot? And she's like, no, I'm sorry. I don't believe in injecting myself with experimental therapies. And then from there, you can kind of gather where that's going. Uh, But this approach that there should be a one size fit all for vaccines that I got my shot, you should get your shot. Health is just this this boilerplate thing we should all be doing. That's what they're trying to do with this di- this this digital dictatorship, with the COVID pass, the vaccine passports, all this other nonsense. Uh, they're trying to standardize health, and that's very dangerous. <laughs> wow, very very dangerous. Check this out right here. Most more of that social stratification. We have an article we'll be putting up uh, either on this podcast or on uh, this week's transmission. California Cafe has charged a $5 surcharge for wearing a mask. Now, check this out. That seems good on this end. But we have another article. We should just go ahead and pull it up now. (laughs) We have another article about the same type of situation on the other side. And what I mean by that uh, is them charging $1,000 for unvaccinated ticket buyers versus vaccinated ticket buyers having to pay $18. I'll, I'll play that clip for you guys after I read this article, but this, this is, again, more of that social stratification, you see. More of that uh, that, that fragmentation uh, just segregation. Just call it what it is. It's technocratic segre- segregation. This comes from Amy Furr via Breitbart, but the folks over there at Technocracy News put it up June 1st. 
They say you will pay another $5 if you were caught bragging about your vaccine. Proceeds are donated to local domestic abuse charity. Mendocino, California is an artsy new age enclave full of sustainable development environment environmentalists and many residents are totally triggered. The owner says they can choose who they support. Patrons are free to say that they wish what they wish at the, at a California cafe, but doing so while wearing a mask will cost them $5 on Sunday. Fiddleheads Cafe in Mendocino put a sign up stating that the fee for those who wear a mask while ordering will cost them an additional $5. NBC News reported Friday. In March, the establishment announced a 50% discount for people who threw their masks in the garbage, according to the owner, Chris Castleman. Quote, I don't think $5 to charity is too much to ask for a mask wearing customers who claim to care so much about the community they live in, he told the outlet in the email. The proceeds will be given to Project Sanctuary, a domestic abuse organization, for two weeks before another nonprofit is put into rotation, according to Castleman. Quote, it's about time that the proponents of these ineffective government measures start paying for the collateral damage they have collectively caused. The owner continued. And so we're already seeing that. That again, that I get uh, that, that, that social stratification. Right. We're already beginning to see that. And I worry. I won't lie. I definitely worry about uh, where this type of escalation will go. But I guess time will only tell. Let's go ahead and pull up this quick clip for you guys. Uh, We'll again cover this in greater detail on the podcast episode this week. Uh, But let's, let's go ahead and play this quick clip, a little bit of this. This is, a, uh, again, the social stratification, the segregation that's happening uh, where unvaccinated <laughs> where unvaccinated concert goers have to pay over $1,000 versus vaccinated fans who have to pay only $18. Uh, we're going to be playing this over here on YouTube. But again, this is just more of that, more of that technocratic segregation, man. It's insane. Uh, the controlling of populations, the social engineering. Let's play this and then we'll uh, we'll continue on from there. Skylines concerts are starting to come back here to Florida, but IT investigator Adam Walzer uncovers whether you have a COVID-19 vaccination or not will determine how much you will have to pay to attend an upcoming local show. These are all my tickets from over the years. Brittany Wigan loves going to concerts. These are photos from punk rock shows she has attended since she was a teenager. Displays on her living room wall hold ticket stubs, wristbands, and guitar picks from her favorite bands. The COVID-19 pandemic put all concerts on hold. But Wigan recently saw an announcement for a show to be held at the St. Petersburg VFW Post 39 next month. Headlined by Teenage Bottle Rocket, Make War, and Rudderkin. I saw the announcement for the concert, and then um, when you go to purchase the tickets, it says that you have to show proof of vaccination, which I do not have. Tickets cost $18 in advance or $20 at the door if you have a vaccination certificate. If I wanted to go to the concert without Um, a vaccination, I would have to pay $999.99. Promoter Paul Williams came up with the idea. We're just trying to do a show safely, and they should go out and get vaccinated to 
protect themselves and their family and their community. Okay. So that's all I need. That's all I need to know that it's not punk. These guys aren't punk. That guy's not punk. That guy might be a punk, but he is not punk. Uh, punk's supposed to be something that's like counterculture. Right? And this is supposed to be something like you're supposed to go to underground shows because they're underground. You're supposed to be counterculture because, well, you're trying to flip a bird to the actual culture that's going on. These guys are conformists. They're shills. And I thoroughly believe we'll see a lot more of this to where it's edgelord and avant-garde, you know, to get your shot, to get your jab and to say, oh, I'm better than people. I saw a clip this week of a situation like that where, where I know this woman was bragging. I know she was talking smack. She was joking. Uh, but she's like, you know, one of the first side effects after getting the jab in my arm was I immediately felt superior to other people. And so this is what happens with the politicization of a virus, the politicization of this of this pandemic, again, the social engineering and everything else that's coming with this. The social stratification, the segregation. This is that elitism that I was trying to tell you guys about that we're beginning to see right now. This guy's not punk. He looks like such a sellout and such a corporate shill, dude. And looked like a loser too, man. And, and and this is the type of stuff I'm talking about. I think there's an article out talking about how many different, how many millions of donuts they've given out to the unvac- uh, to the vaccinated. This is so dangerous because again, you're trying to exalt a certain type of person. You're trying to say, hey. This behavior is good. This behavior is bad. And while this person might take this as a joke or he's just trying to run a safe show, like his shill face says, uh, he doesn't understand how he's already a part of a narrative that's bigger than him. And he just bent the knee. And it's not going to stop there. It definitely won't. (laughs) Oh, Oh, man. It's his, uh, it's, it's really getting wild out there, man. Oh, let me read a couple more articles. Let me do the news blitz a little bit more, and then we will uh, we'll, we'll, we'll take a quick break, and then we'll come back with your guys' phone calls and more. Uh, but this is the world in 2021. This is neo-feudalism. This is techno-serfdom. This is what happens with the scientific dictatorship. This is why we're seeing all of our rights, all of our culture, all of everything that we thought we knew uh, begin to get Overwritten, so to speak. You know, another, I I, I tell you, because we put this up this morning, how uh, in Rugrats, they're just getting rid of Phil and Lil's dad. They're making Betty DeVille an openly lesbian mom now. And they are uh, adding drag queen story time to Blue's Clues. And it just makes me think, wow, we're really going to have to, the only way to go against this is to have a counterculture. Like, it, it, it's crazy how much of the propaganda is just being spewed on the regular and how it's affecting society as a whole and how people just don't seem to get what's going on. Like, this is what I talked about at the start of the year. We don't have a narrative or a counter narrative to change any of what's going on. Yeah, I think everybody wants to be pro-America, pro-Western, and so much more. But whenever push comes to shove, they don't really back these American values. They don't back Western Christian values. They don't back things. And so that's why we're kind of getting overwritten 
uh, by these communists, by these Marxists, and so much more. And that's the whole agenda. That's 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 what it's all doing. They're overwhelming us uh, w- w- with all the absurdity. Oh man! But um, let's let's look into this right here. Another one from Technocracy News. Hospital sued by 117 employees over vaccine mandate. This is by Aaron Keller via MSN, but the good folks over there at Technocracy News put it up. It says a few courageous hospital workers are taking their Houston hospital employer to task over mandatory vaccination. But area already being vilified for their actions. Wow. Uh, Their complaint is being forced to, to act as a, quote, Cuban guinea pigs in an experimental vaccine trial. It says a group of 117 Houston area hospital employees on Friday filed a lawsuit against an employer hospital's coronavirus vaccine mandate. The lawsuit alleges that the mandate violates both the Nuremberg Code and the U.S. statutes that allow Americans to refuse, quote, unapproved medical treatments. It also alleges violations of Texas labor and employment laws that, quote, people are, quote, trying to force you to put something into your body that you are not comfortable with to keep your job is just insane. Lead plaintiff uh, Jennifer Bridges told Houston CBS affiliate KHOU. Now, this is a good thing. Again, this is more of that pushback. We've been saying this throughout the entirety of it. This is why they asked for legal liability at Event 201, regulatory flexibility so they could make these experimental gene therapies and deploy them on the people. It's like when you go watch when you when you go watch that listen or listen to that lady's incredible encounter with a pro-vax pusher. She knows that over seven hundred thousand people have died from the virus. Air quotes. You need to get your vaccine. It's like you know full well that this is an experimental vaccine, gene therapy. It's not working. The mask didn't work. The vaccine's not going to work. Yet you still have people rushing to go take care of this. And I talked about this, too, I think last week with you guys and with our exclusive members. The sad part about this is that they're taking the well-meaning people, uh, forcing them to go get their vaccine. And then whenever they end up damaged by the vaccine, right, these well-intentioned people don't want to put two and two together. They they don't want to say that it was the vaccine that killed them. They're just doing their part. We played the clips on the show for you guys of people who were literally paralyzed from the neck down and don't want to admit that the vaccine did it to them. And so it's going to take more like this. It's going to take parents standing up. It's going to take hospital employees fighting back. It's going to take doctors getting organized uh, because this is a violation of the Nuremberg Code. And they know what they're doing. This isn't they're not. uh, Listen, they're not doing this just because, oh, shucks, woe is us. We didn't we didn't know. They know what they're doing. That's why they're trying to coerce you. That's why they're trying to manipulate you. Shucks. Let me see if I pull up this clip for you guys of Donald Trump of our guy Trump saying that he's a fan of the vaccine. I know it's got all this freedom stuff attached to it, but they're a fan of the vaccine. They know that it's violating the Nuremberg Code. They know that it's 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 experimental. They know that it's hurting people, but they still want to try to get people to take it. They can't mandate it, right? Or at least they won't just yet. They got to figure out how to make it nice and loving and co and and, and cover it into a. Uh, they got to coax you into getting it. That's how it works. Let me play this quick clip and then we'll continue on from there. Here is Donald Trump 
talking about uh, being a big fan of the COVID vaccine. Now, I know you said, and I completely agree with you, that it's the right of every American to decide if they want to be vaccinated or not. But do you think we should require healthcare workers who are exposed to patients to be vaccinated? Well, I think we should certainly try and convince them. Look, I'm a, a big fan of the vaccine. I was the one that got it done in record time, less than nine months. Everyone said it would take three years, five years. And it's why people are getting better now. We, we not only did that, we also ordered billions of dollars uh, worth of it before we even knew if it worked. And that was one of the best bets ever made because they wouldn't have their vaccinations yet. But I, I think having uh, having uh, workers at least convincing them to try and do it because, you know, I believe in the freedom. I believe in all of that. But Convince. the vaccine really has been unbelievably effective and it's saving this country. It's saving the world. So, yeah, I mean, it's something that uh, hopefully you could convince people to do. Convince. Keeping always freedom in mind, but convince people to do it. Convince. See, you got to convince them. You can't just plunge this needle into folks' arm. You got to convince them. There was right there. Trump talking about convincing you to take the shot. Not, hey, you got to get this shot or, hey, you need the shot. We got to convince you. You see. But uh, nobody ever asked a question of why we would need to be convinced to take this. I mean, shucks, what's the problem with denying it? Are we really that bad of a person? Uh, for denying this experimental gene therapy. And I think that's the bigger question in and of itself. Uh, you know, they won't mandate it, but they'll, they'll make your life a living hell without it. Uh, they'll charge you surcharges. Uh, you, you, again, you'll see that segregation taking place uh, where you'll have to sit with those other dirty humans that don't have their shots. It's crazy, dude, because they're, they're, they're making you feel like a commodity. They're dehumanizing you, right? They're not showing you the respect of being like a person. They're not hearing any of your objections, be they religious, be they conscientious, right? No, 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 no. You're going to take that shot either way. And that's dangerous. I mean, because look at this. Look at this right here. Look at this. I mean, audio listeners, you guys can't look at it, so I'll describe it. Article headline, uh, Swansea University is developing microneedle smart patch COVID vaccine that can track patients' reactions. Now, last week, I literally talked about how in the UK, post people receiving the jab, they began to monitor patients' movements. You know, they wanted to see, is this guy stumbling? Like, is his walk off? Like, uh, uh, uh. Is he more lethargic? Is he uh, is he more hyperactive? Right? Is he dead? Is it, is this person dead? Do we need to do we need to check on him? I talked about this last week. How post receiving the jab, they began to monitor uh, uh, recipients' cell phone data. This is a part of again of the COVID nineteen action plan, Operation Dark Winter, and more. They want to be able to use surveillance to see how people are reacting. This is again a part of that digital dictatorship that we had just talked about at the start of the show with Harper and more. Uh, but Swansea University came out right now telling you what they're doing. They want to create a smart patch that acts like a vaccine uh, that, that that tracks your, your, your data, tracks your movement. This is creepy. At least I think it's creepy. 
This comes from Natural Blaze. They put this up June 1st. It says researchers at the Swansea University are designing a first-of-its-kind smart vaccine system that will deliver the COVID-19 vaccine and assess its effectiveness by tracking the patient's associated reaction. The research, which is being carried out by the Institute of Innovative Materials, Processing, and Numerological Technologies, will create the vaccine through microneedles to create a smart patch. By observing biomarks in the skin, the device will concurrently measure a patient's inflammatory response to the vaccination. It says the smart device or the smart vaccine devices for delivery of COVID-19 vaccination project will be led by researchers with experience in using microneedle arrays for transdermal therapeutic drug delivery in diagnostic applications. The project aims to create a smart vaccine delivery prototype that can transdermally deliver the COVID-19 vaccine and control biomarkers in the skin compartment without being invasive. Dr. Sean Ziv Sharma, project leader for the Swansea University, stated this, Measuring vaccine efficacy is extremely important as it indicates the protective effects of vaccination on an individual via the level of reduction of infection risk in a vaccinated person relative to that of a susceptible, susceptible unvaccinated individual. This measure of vaccination effectiveness will address an unmet clinical need and would provide an innovative approach to vaccine development. Skin vaccination using microneedles has been described as a superior immunization approach due to its potential to overcome immune tolerance observed in pregnancy and lower vaccination costs through antigen dose sparing, which is especially relevant in undeserved countries. So basically what they're saying, it's a much it's a much easier way for them to deliver the COVID vaccine is through these smart patches. And at the same time, they're able to monitor uh, your biology through the little micro patch, through the little needles. Um, and what's even crazier is we talked about this. This is Mark of the Beast style stuff. Just go ahead and call it what it is. Uh, we talked about this whenever Bill Gates got involved with Bill Gates and Microsoft also got involved in. Smart patches, right? Literally using technology to manipulate biology, right? There is no actual talk of the pharmaceutical or whatever concoction they did, uh, but it's just using a smart vaccine to manipulate the body. That's kind of crazy, man. You know, and you got to think too, uh, the same way we have like a QR code over here in the corner, if you guys want to support us, is the same way they'll put this smart patch needle on you and you'll have a QR code just right on your body and it'll have all your information. It's, it's almost scary. The accuracy of the Bible when they talk about having a mark either in your arm or on your forehead (laughs) so you can buy or sell. Hey, you know, again, here we are just kind of casually prophetically politicking that this is where we're at. (laughs) Oh, my God, man. And it's only going to become more of a clown world as things move on. Let me uh, let me do a little quick news blitz of some of the other articles that I had pulled off over here to the side. And then we'll take a quick break uh, and come back with your guys' calls and questions and more on the other side. Again, these are articles I had pulled off over to the side just to talk to you guys about things that had uh, popped up in the news feed, man, because every day a different dystopia. Every day. Let me go ahead and get this banger up for you guys. 
right here. World Health Organization chief says the quote, time has come for a global pandemic treaty. There's Tedros Cabrasius fixing his glasses, fixing his peepers. This comes from Nima Harris over there. News Punch, they put this up June 1st. And this is, the crazy thing is, is this is not an, this talking point is not foreign. We've heard this throughout the entirety of the pandemic. We need global governance to, to prevent a new pandemic. We need a global governmental treaty so that we can uh, combine forces to stop this. One world together, right? Grab Jimmy Fallon and Jimmy Kimmel and Stephen Colbert. We're all going to do this. This has been an unfortunate common theme throughout it. I think Tony Blair, too, was uh, somebody from the UK that actually advocated as well global governance in the wake of C-19. Because you see, that was their whole goal. Was global governance. A dictatorship ran by these scientists with Fauci. Fausti. At the helm. It says the coronavirus pandemic proves that the world needs a pandemic treaty. According to World Health Director General Tedros Cabrasius. He said it is one of the most, he said it is the one major change that would do the most to boost global health security and also empower the World Health Organization. We talked about this just last week, how the, uh, the World Health Organization actually asked for more power in the wake of the pandemic, more power, more money, and more of the ability to surveil uh, nations because of what we're about to get into here with this article. And if you guys want a rabbit hole to go down, look into the global health security agenda signed into office, uh, signed in an act, I think back in 2012 or 2014 by Barack Obama. That's what we're seeing right now with the global standard design, uh, the global standardization of health and so much more. Getting back into the article, it says during the final day of the World Health Assembly in Geneva, Tedros told diplomats that, quote, this is this is an idea whose time has come. NPR reports that more than two dozen world leaders said in March that they support an international treaty or framework on pandemic preparedness and response, signing a letter whose signatories notably did not include the U.S., China, or Russia. Momentum grew further at the World Health Assembly as more than 30 countries, along with every EU member, supported discussing the matter of a treaty or convention in November. Quote, the United States was one of the countries that supported the resolution to hold the special session, the world, the WHO said Monday in response to an NPR inquiry. Quote, that is not to say that it is committed to support the treaty yet, as the process of moving forward was only confirmed today. In Tedros's closing remarks, he welcomed calls for a stronger and better financed WHO. But while more resources and authority are, nearly, are direly needed, he said, an international treaty would connect countries in ways that strengthen the world's health security. Quote, at present, pathogens have greater power than the World Health Organization. They are emerging more frequently in a planet out of balance. They exploit our interconnectedness and expose our, and expose our inequities and divisions, Tedros says. Quote, the safety of the world's people cannot rely solely on the goodwill of the governments. A treaty would make more countries make countries more accountable to one another, he said. The lack of sharing of information, technology, resources, and data 
is the COVID-19 pandemic defining characteristic, the World Health Organization leader said. The week-long World Health Assembly's theme is, quote, ending this pandemic and preventing the next one. And then it goes on to talk a little bit more about that, and you get the point from there. They're trying to set up a global government, and in doing so, they want to rob you of your rights, and they're using fear as the main motivator to do so. So the only way to combat their fear is to hit it with truth, to call these people out at every single step, no matter how much or how difficult it may seem. But here's what's going to happen, gang. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, I'm going to try this uh, this cool little feature that we launched where we take our guests uh, through call. If you guys want to join us through Telegram, you can do so by, you know, again, joining us through Telegram. Or you can take a chance and call us in at 781-448-4929. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to be joined by you guys on the other side, uh, finishing up some of these topics getting into a couple more news articles and hearing what you guys have to say and more. Ladies and gentlemen, don't go anywhere. This is Freedom Faction over here on Factions of Freedom. And we'll be right back right after this. Salutations, my friends. I'm here to talk to you about, that's right, CBD oil. CBD oil can reduce the risk of relapse among alcohol and cocaine addicts, and you know they're trying to flood us with both. According to a 2013 study published in the British Journal of Clinical Pharmacology, CBD was proven to have these benefits, relieving pain and inflammation, having antipsychotic effects, reducing anxiety, helping to fight cancer, relieving nausea, treating seizures, lowering incidences of diabetes, and also promoting cardiovascular health. Realize that in 2014, Purdue Pharma received FDA approval for an opioid drug that claimed to help curb the opioid addiction. This will actually help you curb your usage of opioids as well as your reliance upon them. And remember, guys and gals, stay vigilant. Those lives and share truth. Freedom Faction, out. forces in this world that remind us of how fragile we are. We thought we were safe. We thought it could never happen to us. Then life like a fog descends upon us, blanketing our memories. Through the haze, we travel its hidden paths, lost in its secret places. And when the storm, turbulent and immovable, forces us to shelter, we remember. It calls to us, calls us back. Back to the ports and the harbors of our past. We fight the currents that pull and drag us off course. Not a light or star to chart the way. And when we arrive, we don't always know it at first. The places we once loved guised by time. Then we see it. The place we've been trying to get back to. 
safe at last. We've found our way home. Okay, and we are back. Salutations, my friends. Salutations, my friends, and thank you for tuning in. Boop. Give me one second. Oh man, that was horrible, sorry. Uh, we're using Uber Conference. This is the, uh, the call-in number. Again, 781-448-4929. We're to be using Uber Conference uh, in order to take your guys' calls. I got to be honest with you. There's only like a 45-minute uh, window that we have with this with this one. Like if it basically what I'm trying to say is if, we have, if this works, we will use Uber Conference in conjunction with StreamYard uh, to integrate phone calls and more. So while we're simulcasting on YouTube, DLive, Trovo, uh, Telegram, all that, if we can figure out how to use Uber Conference as a literal call-in line, we'll use it. And so that's kind of what this experimental segment of the show is, is to see if it can integrate with what we're doing. And if not, we have backups as well. Uh, but again, if you guys want to call in, you can do so at 781-448-4929. We'll take your calls and go from there. Or uh, you're more than welcome to hop in over here on Telegram and join through there. Uh, we do have people joining us via Telegram. Shout out to Pamela. Shout out to Jensen. Shout out to Raphael. And shout out to Simi all for joining us. Um, again, the idea behind continually expanding and diversifying what we're doing is so that we never fully stay invested on one thing. I think we kind of learned our lesson with Instagram, uh, but we also don't want to stretch ourselves too thin, right? Don't want to stretch ourselves too thin. That's how this cookie works. That's how it all goes down. So I put that into the Telegram chat. It's uh, the link to join us on StreamYard as well as the phone number to call us. But yeah, yeah. Uh, without wasting too much time because I don't, I don't want to wait forever for, for folks to join us. Um, we went into the break talking about Tedros Ghebreyesus, the World Health Organization chief calling for a uh, global treaty, pandemic treaty, global governance. Didn't really get into the fi finishing all the other articles that I had in mind for you guys. Uh, but again, it just shows you where we're at. There's so much information. There's so much, uh, so much agenda out there that if you need help deciphering it, you might need more than just our services. You know, this is something I talked about with our exclusive members over the weekend, you know, how there is a for sure a civil war within the deep state and the Illuminati, what that looks like and how that manifests uh, to people like ourselves. You just kind of watch this on the 
who, who just watched it unfold, you know, it's crazy. I can't turn anything on without seeing the agendas go down. I can't turn anything on the television or listen to any type of music without hearing them spam the propaganda and spam uh, their agendas, man. I mean, I, I just told you guys about how they're making gay parents and rugrats. They're uh, <laughs> promoting drag queen story time and blues clues. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's everywhere. You know, back in the day, they used to kind of flash symbols and allude to what they were up to. And you would have to follow their breadcrumbs and figure out the symbols within the symbols of what these people were actually doing these days. They just outright tell you, like, we're coming for your kids. We practice this type of stuff. And if you call us out, we'll shame you. We'll shame you for trying to expose us. Right? This is what I'm saying by people actually enjoying the tyranny, actually enjoying what's happening to society right now. That's what worries me and that's what disturbs me. Is, is, is seeing people getting into uh, the enslavement, seeing people get into uh, being rude, being cruel, being tyrannical, being dictatorial to their fellow humans. That's the saddest part about all of this. But here, let me finish up with these, these articles, uh, and then we'll get back into the news crews, and hopefully people will join us from there. <laughs> Oh, man. Oh, man. Let's go ahead and pull that back up. Uh, Russian authorities increase pressure on opposition. This is interesting because uh, it talked about how they were beginning to arrest opposition and raiding people's homes. I think that's kind of crazy. I think we'll begin to see that here. But that's just the headline. Uh, here is another video unfortunately we're seeing a lot more of these uh this is a video of an attack by homeless people there's an article out today about um from dc clothesline of how homeless are beginning to get mobilized and activated by these activists out there in texas they've set up their own autonomous zone how crazy is that you imagine that can you imagine can you imagine a homeless autonomous zone to where you're like literally not able to be there or congregate or do anything because these people are homeless. That's kind of crazy to me. Uh, but the clip we're playing for you good people is just of a homeless man assaulting a police officer. And then you see the, the bystanders step in and try to get this homeless man off. Uh, but apparently more of these types of attacks are taking place out uh, of where the homeless are becoming more and more agitated you got to ask yourself, okay, where are these homeless people coming from? Uh, obviously, there's no programs. There's, there's, there's no employment. Why are they getting agitated? We talked about this at the end of season 10 last year. Uh, there's a whole new crop of four people due to the COVID-19 pandemic and more. So a lot of things taking place, but uh, just a video for you guys. Uh, right here, another article from Zero Hedge. It's by Isabel Van Bruggen of the Epoch Times. It's just Trump trashing Biden, saying that he's destroying our country with, quote, failed border policies. As if we didn't already know that. 
I tried to get the clip up for you guys over the weekend, uh, but there was a hour long clip from uh, Warriors for Ranchers. And essentially what it was, uh, was a, it was, it was a veterans, regular day people who were going out of their way uh, to, to, to track down what was going on over there at the border down at the Rio Grande. And in this hour long footage, you're literally seeing a brand new clothes, Gucci belts, Gucci purses, Nikes, Jordans, um, you know, brand new Air, Abercrombie and Fitch, Air Apostle, brand new clothes, just in the middle of weeds near the river, near the Rio Grande. And you're like, oh my God, what is this about? And then you follow all these trails of clothes, and then you realize, wow, this is a, this is a human smuggling pathway. This is a, this is a trafficking zone. People get dropped off and picked up here. And in this actual clip, right? When you keep watching it, they end up finding some of the actual, they, they, they see the people crossing the, crossing the Rio. And then you see like Mexican authorities as well as the border patrol standing there at the riverside as they watch this essentially train of people uh, wash up over here on the shore. And it's a, it's an industrialized thing. You know, and this again goes into us becoming more of a commodity. Right. This is a this is something I'd wanted to talk about with the hypersexualization of kids, uh, why we were seeing so many different child abduction videos, the normalization of human trafficking and so much more. They're devaluing us. They're, de they're, they're devaluing human life. We're becoming commodities. It's very dangerous, too. Yeah, just the headline. Trump is saying that Biden is destroying our country with failed border policies. I guess this one counts as a little bit of a doom break. <laughs> uh, but apparently Steven Seagal is now a Russian politician. <laughs> That's right. Steven Seagal. You know, the, 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 the martial arts master, the Kung Fu uh, God, Steven Seagal. Apparently he is now a Russian politician, not a Russian citizen. Actually, I think he is a Russian citizen. But he's now a Russian politician. Just a, a little bit of a doom break. <laughs> There's a little clip here, too. Interesting. Maybe we'll play it. It says, on May 29th, Hollywood legend Steven Seagal has opted into a career change. He joined a Russian political party. It says, as South Front reports, uh, Seagal received a party membership card of an alliance named Just Russia Patriots. For truth, it was formed earlier in 2021 when three leftist parties, all of which support Putin, merged into one. It says that uh, in November 2016, Seagal was granted Russian citizenship. In August of 2018, Moscow's foreign ministry appointed him to the unpaid position of, quote, special representative for Russian-U.S. humanitarian ties. So he is now a Russian politician. <laughs> I think that's kind of funny. This dude, this old Hollywood, like, <laughs> I guess you could call him a Kung Fu master, you know, with 
with Hollywood, it's easy to make anybody look like a, a, a Kung Fu master. But you now have this dude being a Russian politician. How funny is that? I wonder how real it is, too. Maybe that just shows you how much of a joke everything's become. Moving on, Denver Black Lives Matter leader and school board member under investigation on multiple sex abuse allegations, including 62 high school DACA students. By Brock Sampson over there at the Gateway Pundit. Think about that. So we've been seeing, I'll, I'll talk more about this this week on the podcast. There's a regime change happening within BLM right now. Patrice Cullors stepped down. And then you had another individual I think we might just play the clip here for you guys. Another individual come out saying uh, that Black Lives Matter don't care about black folks. So you have a regime change taking place. Uh, Patrice Culler stepping down, this individual being under investigation, uh, the popularity amongst BLM members or popularity of BLM in and of itself has decreased significantly in 2021. Uh because the truth has come out. They don't care about black people. And I got to be honest, man, like as a black man myself, I get kind of frustrated and upset that the image of the modern black man has been captured by these people and manipulated that they've literally turned us either into revolutionaries or uh, rappers. And I, I thoroughly disapprove of this type of behavior, man. Because the problem is, is we're so we're so radical right now that we are really not doing what we need to do to actually build. And so this hyper commercialization of the culture is very dangerous. This is something I talked about over the weekend with some family members. You know, they're not too keen on what's going on. But at the same time, they're aware that we have the spotlight right now. But the dangerous part about having the spotlight is eventually it has to pass. And so while it's all cool to be about, you know, the the plight of the black man and Black Lives Matter to act like you care about black people, what happens whenever they're over that? They don't care about black people and things go back to normal. And so, again, I worry about the commercialization of culture. Uh, This you're either a radical, a revolutionary or a rapper. This, This crap that's happening right now, because it's again, it's more the same stuff. This is an actual change. Right. This is stuff that I feel like will put us back. And so there's a regime change taking place within Black Lives Matter as all this is taking place. And so you're going to have more people that step up to become even more radical to say that they weren't serious enough. They weren't committed enough. Let me read a little bit of this and then we'll continue on from there. Uh, But uh, it says a local Denver school board member, Black Lives Matter protest leader and anti-gun activist is facing dozens of accusations of sex abuse, rape, harassment, and inappropriate behavior from a variety of community members, including 62 high school students and illegal aliens in the DACA program, at least one as young as 14. Great. Pedophile. Tay Anderson is denying the allegations and hopes to continue his work on the school board and in activism, but more victims continue to come forward. He is now stepping aside from his duties while the investigation continues. Says Chalkbeat Colorado reports that Denver School Board member Tay Anderson said Sunday he would step back from, quote, everyday board functions until an outside firm hired by the school district completes an investigation into sexual assault allegations 
against him. In a separate statement, the school board clarified that Anderson will still vote on key matters, including the selection of a new superintendent, which is set to happen June 3rd. A Denver Public Schools uh, spokesperson said Anderson stepping back means Anderson will not attend school or district meetings with staff or students. And then it goes on to talk about how I'm sure, you know, he's he's not guilty. You know, how, oh, you know, these things didn't happen. And what's interesting is there is a Periscope video attached to this article. I saw it like a couple. I saw it before the show. I think this thing's like an hour long. It's like 62 victims and counting. So they're keeping track of this, this dude literally being like a sexual predator. <laughs> and they can't say anything because, well, Black Lives Matter. Well, that, well that's racist, right? And it's like, just like that, we've, we've, we've thrown these values that we should be exalting out of the window. Well, because, well, you don't want to be a racist, do you? You're you're not one of them darn racists, are you? <laughs> oh man, silliness! The silliness knows no bounds. Think about this. I might let me. Let me I might let, let's see if I can. I might just pull up that clip, or maybe I'll save I'll I'll save it for the podcast episode this week. That way I can just kind of attack every single one of them at the same time. Um, Because that's how it works, man. That's why I say there's a regime change taking place. Some of these people are being exposed. I think that's Patrice Culler's situation uh, where they found out that she was misusing some of the funds that she was receiving, buying multi-million dollar houses and stuff like that. Other people are trying to get out while the getting's good. Other people are being exposed. Uh, but this is a big deal. God only knows where this reformation will take them. Now here's a clip. Yeah, this is the Periscope clip. Uh, yeah. Yep. Yep, those are just some of the ones that I had pulled aside for you good people uh, before the show. But yeah, you guys can go watch that. Uh, ooh, two more. Sorry about that. Had two more I wanted to address with you guys. You guys can go watch that clip, though, on the Gateway Pundit, where it's like a legit hour-long nope, testimony of somebody pointing out uh, this guy literally being a rapist. <laughs> and, I, and I shouldn't laugh because, again, these are people's lives being disrupted but it's just like, dude, what happens whenever you have an, an organization that talks about the destruction of the nuclear family? Again, they're out there promoting radicalism, racism, extremism, and so much more. It's like, did you expect these to be the upright individuals that they came off as? Like, did you expect these to be upstanding members of society? It's like they're literally telling you that they're going to kill all white people and you thought that they weren't going to rape your children? I'm sorry. I, I, I guess I, I listen to what this person said, think about their pattern of behavior, see how they're going to escalate and keep them away from my wife and children. <laughs> Sorry. These people are raiders. They come to kill, steal and destroy. They're not here to build. That's what I'm trying to say. As a black man, I get I get. Uh, respectfully upset is the easiest way for me to say it without using cuss words. 
respectfully upset with how they have captured the image of the modern day black man and they turn us into something against us, right? Something against us. It's very dangerous too. But here, uh, let me let me let me get back into this one real quick. I think this is a little bit more uh, appropriate given what we were just going over with you, good people. Sorry about that. I got Twitter pated. I got Twitter pated because you know a, a cousin of mine called me up the other day. We were talking about our kids because you know this is somebody I grew up with as a child myself. He's got three kids. I'm having my first kid and he's like, you know, I've been following you, your podcast, your page, your work. And one of the things I appreciate you about, appreciate about you, EJ, is the fact that you keep your Afrocentricity, his words, not mine, that you keep your Afrocentricity about you and everything you do. And I was like, heck yeah, bro. I appreciate that because as a black man, I was always told that my intelligence was a sign of whiteness or acting white. And it's like, wow. How, how dare I want to be like an educated black man, but not like exhibit the characteristics that you think are attributed to white people. You know, I think what I'm trying to say is it's good that I get recognized by other black people that this is not about a racial thing. This is about moving us all together as a people. And sometimes that means like confronting some of the generational things that have happened to us. And I get that that's what's kind of happening right now with race, with the uh, systemic racism white supremacy and all of this other stuff, imperialism, right? But the way they're going about this is so wrong. Like back in the day, like I worry about my baby girl, dude. I'm not even going to lie to you. Like I didn't, I don't think, I, I didn't really experience a whole lot of racism. I really didn't. Might have been my stature, might have been my demeanor. People know not to play that shit. But I didn't really experience a whole lot of racism growing up. But I don't think I can say the same for my baby girl, man. I thoroughly believe, you know, she'll experience a lot of hatred um, from both sides. And that's a darn shame because we're reviving that racism. But I think the best way to navigate that is to know who an individual is instead of, let, instead of letting them have their identity uh, bestowed to them by the system that's robbing them of their rights. This is why we don't cover race over here on the show, guys, because it is a... Uh, a sticky situation and it brings out sometimes a worth in folks and i mean again these are truths that we have to live with but i thought as a so as a society and as a culture as a civilization you would think that we would begin to evolve out of these things or or, or, or grow from these things but again i guess that ties into the question of why is no one asking where all these talking points are coming from who's air quotes upgrading society why are we doing these things why are we revisiting these things and opening up old wounds. But speaking of opening up old wounds, check this out. Former Seattle police chief calls out the media for downplaying the violence at Chop Force Last Chaz last summer. This comes from Rebel News. They put this up May 27th. This is something they put up over the weekend, but I think it still bears weight with what's happening in respect to today. Uh, there's an article coming out. I'll, better yet, I'll just cover it in the next, I'll cover it after this. It's about how uh, the Texas homeless locals, the Texas homeless and the locals have created their own autonomous zone 
at the Austin City Hall and, and are beginning to patrol it with machetes. And so last year, we saw the formation of the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone or the Capitol Hill Occupied uh, protests, whatever, in Seattle, right? And that was something completely new. We had never seen that. I had never covered that. It made me start freaking out. I started doing whole reports on the Zebellion concept, civil unrest, destabilization, the fragmentation of society, uh, all this stuff, transnational, crim uh, transnational criminal organizations, all of it. We saw that happen last year. And then what have we seen this year? More autonomous zones, more spaces that are being carved out by, I, I guess we can't call them insurrectionists, peaceful protesters. Let's read this and then we'll continue on. It says former Seattle Police Chief Carmen Best, who resigned last year after she refused to fire police officers as part of the city's efforts to gut the police department, says that the media downplayed the violence at the so-called Chaz Force Last Chomp to make it appear more peaceful. For months, the city refused to clamp down on the Antifa-controlled, quote, autonomous zone in the city's Capitol Hill district. The narrative pushed by the media largely echoed Seattle Mayor Jenny uh, Durkin's original claim that the hostile takeover of the city's neighborhood by militant leftists represented a, quote, summer of love, a claim debunked by the nightly riots and unpoliced violence in the area. Three black teenagers were also slain in the area during the, quote, summer of love. Speaking to Jerry Ratcliffe's Reducing Crime podcast, Best said that the level of destruction caused by the militants, quote, did not get the level of publicity or media attention as the deaths of George Floyd and other cases of officer-involved killings. Quote, I would read stories about the peaceful protests. I go, well, part of it was peaceful, but I was standing 20 feet away from a hail of rocks. I was looking right at them, hailed down, hailed down, feet from me. I was behind a telephone pole, Best said. Quote, and then you read the media and they find they're pretty much gaslighting you. It never happened, Ratcliffe responded. Best said that she was perplexed by the way the media covered the riots in Seattle, which often described them as, quote, peaceful protests. Reports claimed that protesters were unfairly and harshly targeted by police indiscriminately with dispersal tactics. Best said that while police did use pepper spray and tear gas, their use, quote, wasn't arbitrary. Quote, but certainly we're trying not or we were trying to look as non-threatening as possible, maybe not have the riot shields up. But once we were going to get, be getting rocks and bottles thrown at us, I have a responsibility as a chief to make sure people have protecting gear. We can't leave them out there with soft hats and rocks as rocks are being thrown and whatever. This is what she said. And so uh, this is the former Seattle police chief saying, hey, it was a lot worse than the media let on. <laughs> this This whole deal of militants and anarchists taking their time to occupy a space. It was a lot worse than the media told you. And we reported on it. There were stabbings, there were shootings, there were riots within it. Right. Oh, but as they said, it was a summer of love. Right. Is it, is it, isn't this, uh, isn't this what their mayor said? Just let it happen. No, oh, don't worry about it. Trump's like, Hey, we can send you guys like support if you want. You can send the you can send the National Guard if you want. Do you guys need assistance? They're like, oh no, it's cool. Just let these kids do it. It's like Woodstock with guns. I think that was the the joke I made at the time because they're calling it a summer of love. 
they had like a little garden there too, where people were doing like acid or mushrooms, losing their mind, absorbing all the vibes there, you know? And again, this is just stuff that people need to think about because these, this is taking place. This is happening. This isn't some like happenstance occurrence, right? You got to think that these people are very, very organized and very, very efficient in what they're doing. They know full well what they're trying to execute. I mean, again, let me let me just go ahead and pull this up for you guys, right? Of this this other autonomous zone that's being built in Texas. <laughs> I'm just like, how are we, how are we not noticing this pattern of escalation? Right, right here. Texas locals create quote autonomous zone at Austin City Hall. They patrol the grounds with machetes because this is where we're at. Right, June first, twenty twenty one. This is where we're at. It's like let's seize the city hall, chop up anybody that tries to get through. <laughs> It's, <laughs> oh my God, where are we going to go from here, man? That's what I'm telling you. It's like we're, you're, you're seeing them again, gaslight, gaslight one behavior, but green light another. It's like, oh, don't you dare come to our nation's capital. We'll arrest you even if you stole a pencil. Oh, but you want to play toy soldier at your city capital, your city hall? Go ahead. Oh, you want to uh, you want to have an impromptu protest, peaceful protest, burn down half your city? Be our guest. This is written by Ethan Huff over there at DC Clothesline. Apparently, they reposted it from National News. This is a new Chaz-like tent city has sprung up at Austin City Hall in Texas, and City Councilwoman Mackenzie Kelly wants it to be removed, according to reports. A group of locals has set up shop outside the government facility in protest of a recent vote in which Austinites decided to reinstate a local ban prohibiting camping on public land. Some area homeless residents are upset about the new rules, so they have brought their machetes and other weapons to Austin City Hall, where they patrol the grounds, day and night. Quote, today, for the second time, I've been harassed and screamed at with obscenities walking out of City Hall, Kelly tweeted. Quote, one of the men had a metal pipe and at least one had a knife. I do not feel safe, which means others don't feel safe either. This really needs to be enforced in some way, and city leadership is not doing what it needs to to protect its residents. goes on to say that Kelly wants other locals who oppose the Chaz to email and call the city council to encourage enforcement of the new rule, which aims to prevent public lands from being occupied by homeless and other vagrants. Now, what's crazy is we've talked about this, too. The rebranding of the homeless concept. Right. <laughs> it's like, hey, we're not going to call you homeless, but we're, we're going to call you a transient. We're going to call you uh, an unhoused neighbor. Uh, we're going to call you a vagrant. We're going to call you all these different things. The rebranding of homelessness. This is how they can green light human trafficking and so much more. But let's 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 really analyze that. I don't really think that a, a protest is the appropriate word to call it. Um, I don't think that's the appropriate word because that means that they would have like a direct action. They're trying to get something across. There's a, there's a purpose to it. What happens whenever you just have these people who have just meandered their way through the city and found something here. And then the same way that you have white knight virtue signaling people 
for Black Lives Matter organizing black people to carry out these type of acts is the same way that you have leftists and activists who are mobilizing these 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 homeless people to carry out things that they need. It's like when I when when I start talking about the low intensity conflict, this is something put out by a man named Mike Shelby. He comes up with something called the tooth to tail ratio. And in the tooth to tail ratio, he basically breaks down how there's about one, how there's like 20 different tech support or at least 20 support operatives for one combat operative, meaning that there's there's only one person that's going down there doing all the killing, doing all the shooting, doing all the door busting and all that. And then that guy doesn't have time to reload his magazines. That dude doesn't have time to cook his own food. That dude doesn't have time to wash his clothes and do all this other stuff. Uh, he's got support troops for that. The tooth to tail ratio is that uh, you've got your tooth and then you've got your tail. You've got your primary and then you've got your secondary. Think about these homeless people, not necessarily being like the tooth or the tail, but think about it in that concept. Uh, it takes about one Antifa person to organize, say, shucks, let's just say 20 different uh, homeless people. Right. They give them food. They give them shelter. They give them their talking points. And then just like that, you have yourself a protest. So I don't think these guys are actually protesting. I think they're being used, mobilized and activated by somebody else. Let me read a little bit more of this. It says the reason the tent city has not yet been removed is because those in positions of power above Kelly say that it constitutes a protest, which is protected under the First Amendment. While homeless people have long roamed the streets of Austin without issue, Kelly is incensed over the fact that they now have come to her workplace to harass her and other council members as they go in and out of the building. Quote, I've been told by the city managers and APD that this is a protest in a free speech zone. And so, as such, they're not moving these individuals right now, Kelly is quoted as saying. Trisha English, one of the women participating in the, quote, protest, told local news outlet KXAN that she and others who are camping outside the city hall have formed their own, quote, security detail. It's like, what, dude? Security detail for homeless people. It's like, good God, just get them a home, get them a job, get them off the street, get this guy cleaned up, give them a haircut, give them a shave, give them like a meal, right? And make them a productive member of society. These people are for real about to go to war over other people. And this ties in, again, to what we were talking about beforehand, depleting government resources. There's no way that we can come up with, a, with, with programs to deal with all these people. But when you have people becoming these white knight virtue signalers, acting on their fake compassion for slash altruism, what are you doing here? What is the purpose of this? Who does this benefit? Que bono. Who stands to benefit? Let me get back into this. It says, quote, We have a whole security team here, English said, revealing that she and others work different shifts, patrolling the area 24 hours a day. Quote, I secure this camp to make sure everybody's okay and make sure things do not get de-escalated to the point to where they have to call APD because APD is completely corrupted, she added, noting that she wears a bulletproof vest when it's her turn to patrol. I got to pause right there. Again, so much to say because we've seen this uh, in Seattle as well. To where you have them firebombing and and sending terrorist threats to council members who are openly Republican. And so 
Last year, we talked about it, the escalation in order to a neutralized concept. These people are escalating for the sake of escalating. And a lot of that escalating is, again, leading to the, deple the, the, the depletion of government resources. I don't think the uh, clearly APD doesn't have time to, to deal with this, but this cancer will metastasize and get that much more worse to where they won't be able to deal with it. And then they'll be literally at the, the demands of their adversaries. Like that's the crazier part about all this. Oh man. Like, let me, let me, let me try to finish this article. Uh, and then hopefully some, I could have given the, I could have given the number out. I think uh, more people were interested in this topic than talking about these things. Uh, but let's, let's finish this up. It says that while English was speaking to the news crew, another man brandishing a machete walked up and asked her if she was okay with the KXAN news crew being present there. This was his way of looking out for the campers. In the event that the police came to harass English and her friends, she says that they are ready and willing to fight back if necessary. Quote, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to fight back, English said. Quote, if I've got to kill a cop before they kill me, you know damn well I'm going to kill a cop. Mayor Steve Adler says that he will not do anything about the, quote, autonomous zone because to him it constitutes a protest. Quote, the Texas legislator recently passed a new law that penalizes cities that defund the police as Austin did in August of 2020, when it gutted the police budget by about one-third, writes Brian Preston for PJ Media. Quote, that law allows people who live in areas annexed by such cities to secede from them. And then it goes on to talk about uh, the growing divide between Americans and so much more. But think about that. The locals teaming up with the homeless to patrol the city hall grounds to tell you what's up. How wild is that, man? How wild is that? And it's only going to get more wild. That's the crazier part. Like this, you know, the, the concept of freedom is such a very tricky topic, man, because one man's freedom is another man's terrorism. I mean, it's a, it's like you can't really, you know, I think this is something that you hear people on the left and more specifically on the right talk about. Uh, why are we not seeing these type of things take place on the right, so to speak? You don't see the right people on the right literally setting up autonomous zones, kidnapping people. Uh, but these people just get to carry out these acts every single day. Like, like, like nothing's wrong. And I can't help but think about the psychological impacts of this, of, of, of being allowed to continue to carry out chaos, not necessarily crimes, but chaos and lawlessness. <laughs> it's wild, dude. We're literally seeing the normalization of chaos. This is the Overton window expanding. Making it seem like this is a good thing. But yeah, no, this is like every other protest that, no, we need, we all should be acting like this. We should, we should all take it a step further. We should all decide to be a little bit more radicalized, a little bit more crazy. Let me go ahead and get into this article right here. We had briefly talked about it earlier. 
now there is a meat supplier that's been under attack. Another reason for people to get storable goods. I think that might have dropped while we were on the air uh, with you good people. Let me pull this up for you. Right here, U.S. meat supply under threat as cyber attack spreads across JBS plants nationwide. Says Americans across the country are increasing Googling, quote, meat shortage as the afternoon progresses following the news of JBS ransomware attacks. Seems like North Carolina is the main person looking up the meat shortage. This is not Arby's. We do not have the meats. We don't have the meat. You know, and if you guys uh, DM me, I'll send you my Smorgasbord edition where in my Building the Matrix documentary, I talk about how this is the plan to criminalize meat. Uh, this is why me and Charles Casson tackle Bill Gates and his whole meatless meat, lab-grown meat, why we tackle veganism and more. Because there is actual nutrients in the meat that helps our brain grow in a different way uh, that, vi- that 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 uh, vegetables and plants don't do. And I'm not downplaying plants; uh, they should definitely be used as our pharmacy, pH pharmacy, and be used as medicine. Uh, but there is for sure a a benefit to having meat in your diet as well. Got to have a balance. Uh, but even pulling back from that, think about how weak we as a people will be whenever we ultimately remove meat as a staple from our diet. And right now, nobody kind of thinks about that. Uh, but this is kind of why you, this is why I'm killing stuff. This is why I'm becoming a little bit more savage out there in nature, because I want to know how to, I need to know how to kill things to protect my family and to put food on the table. Uh, but this is again, just more craziness that's happening. So throughout, let me, I'll, I'll say this and get into the article for real. Throughout the entirety of Biden's presidency, dude, we've seen an increasing number of cyber attacks. And I don't even think they're cyber attacks. I think these are deliberate state actors uh, perpetrating these things, perpetrating these attacks to continually devalue uh, and destabilize our nation. You got to think everything that Biden's doing is going to be a thumb in the nose of Trump. We became briefly wealthy. And so now the idea is to take out all that wealth. We became briefly strong and briefly independent. And now the whole point is to export our strengths and to export all the things that made us strong and independent. We used to be energy independent underneath Trump. What did Biden say when he first got in? He wants to shut down oil and gas. So what you've got to see is right now, everything that's taking place is is, is, is meant to demoralize and weaken America, cripple it. And what happens when Americans don't get their bacon? Getting back into this article, it said headlines from Reuters citing the Biden administration officials who spoke with JBS indicate that, quote, Russia was the source of the attack. White House officials have talked with the FBI cybercrime unit to assess whether the attack, which has shut down JBS, uh, JBS's five biggest beef plants in the U.S., will affect the nation's supply. Bloomberg said JBS's five meat processing plants handle approximately 222,500 uh, cattle per day. The result of halting these plants for an extended period could result in a decline of upwards of a quarter of America's meat production. As we noted earlier this morning, slaughter operations in Australia were also affected. Also, Canada's largest beef plant 
was idled for a second day. Readers need to focus on that a quarter of all beef capacity and about a fifth of all pork capacity in the U.S. has been affected due to the ransomware attack. The timing of the attacks comes after a long holiday weekend in the U.S. when tens of millions of Americans buy pounds of meat and have backyard barbecues. Supermarkets usually reload on supply the following week. Quote, retailers and beef processors are coming from a long weekend and need to catch up with orders. Steiner Consulting Group said in its daily livestock report, quote, if they suddenly get a call saying that meat, saying that product may not deliver tomorrow or this week, it will create very significant challenges in keeping plants in operation and the retail case stocked up. Bloomberg points out that JBS closed meat processing facilities in Utah, Texas, Wisconsin, and Nebraska and eliminated shifts in Iowa and Colorado on Tuesday. Yeah, so this is the this is the problem with the ransomware attacks, shutting down not only the shifts, but to where people can't get their food. We saw a lot of this here during the pandemic. People that were working in Target and other uh, grocery stores around here that I was talking to, they were saying, we don't have any more eggs. That's where I was able to come up and start talking with other local bakeries and other local businesses with my own little egg production, trying to help curb some of the costs. Uh, but I'm just, I'm, I'm, th- this is just me, right? Think about that on a larger scale with the supply, with the food shortages and everything else. You know what? I think this would be a great time for me to pull out the video we played on our Telegram channel just the other week of somebody whose father worked in, is working in the agricultural industry for the past 40 years because this ties into exactly what we talked about last week. Are they planning a massive starvation event? He said that you've got eight months to get yourself together for storable foods. We talked about this literally last week, and then here we are this week hearing about a cyber attack (laughs) on one of the largest meat producers. My gosh. That's what I'm saying. Let's let's read this, guys, or let's listen to this, uh, and then we'll continue on from there. Again, you can find this on our Telegram channel. It's only like 51 minutes long, or 50, (laughs) 51 minutes, 51 seconds long. I recommend you guys go listen to it. Uh, we'll play this and then we'll continue on from there. Me and my coworker got talking today and something came up that I didn't really think about when my dad mentioned it to me. He's worked in the agriculture industry for over 40 years. This year, farmers are being offered 1.5 times the value of their crops to destroy them. They're also being told by the federal government they will not receive subsidies for farming if they refuse to destroy their crops. What does that mean? That means that the farmer cannot afford to provide you with food based upon the taxes the government is levying on him if the government doesn't in turn give him back his tax money to provide you with food. Kind of a fucked up system, but that's how it works. And, well, they're not going to subsidize them if they don't destroy the crops. They'll pay them more than what it's worth, and they want them to destroy it, and they'll still get their subsidies. They're trying to create a food shortage. We've got eight months to get our own food supply, or we're probably going to be facing mass starvation. So good luck. Good luck. Go ahead and say that uh, you got about seven months now to go ahead and get your food situation taken care of. 1.5 times to destroy the crops, gang. 1.5 times the normal value of your crop to destroy them. And then we hear about how 
<laughs> the 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 U, the largest U.S. meat supplier is under under the threat of a cyber attack, and Biden's like, "Oh man, we got to pay. The, we have to pay these guys too. We got to pay people to not work. We got to pay for all these uh, these these ransom attacks. We got to give uh, uh, Vladimir Putin exclusive access." To uh, to some of these Russian pipelines, to some of these oil pipelines. It's like, what is this guy doing? What is this clown doing? Besides destroying everything in his path. You know, again, back to the back to the cyber attack, the cyber hack attacks that we've seen underneath the, the, the Biden administration. We talked about this. Uh, I think out there in Florida, they experienced something at the very, very beginning of Biden administration to where they had attacked the, a, a water treatment facility. They had, they had hacked it, and uh, I, I forget the specific chemical that they added more of, but I said, wow, this is the first time we've seen something like this, and we're going to see a lot more. We're going to see even more hack attacks. It's going to be like Flint, the Flint water crisis on steroids. And so, again, whether this is a state actor, whether this is a non-state actor, or whether this is just the uh, uh, our enemies – saying America's weak, now's the time to come after them. This does not bode well for the future. This does not bode well for our futures. No, Jensen, you are correct. Biden is not a man. He's a husk. And he is a shell. And even so, even if that is the case, it is who's propping him up that is the danger. That's the dangerous part, that even if it isn't Biden, that is the danger. Like, they had talked about this last week. Let me see if I can try to find it. I didn't talk about it with the exclusive members. I think the link might be somewhere in our Telegram. But it talks about how how China sees Biden as our, uh, as, 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 as the sleeping king. As the sleeping king, I'll be talking more about how China uh, allowed for their citizens to have more than one child. I think that's wild as well. Uh, but in this this report, they talk about how Biden is a sleeping king. Yeah, let me see right here. And pull this up for you guys. The, the, the king that is asleep at the wheel. Look at this guy. Look at this guy. This freaking guy right here. This freaking guy. Yeah. It says Biden as the sleeping king. And it's got Biden in the Iron Throne uh, with his eyes all evilly. It says Twitter has been a buzz this week over anti-Biden China propaganda images from November China Watcher contributor Shirley Marty Hargis reports the image shows then President-elect Biden sitting on the Iron Throne from the legendary, quote, Game of Thrones. But this version is lined with AR-15s and M-16 assault rifles. Biden's eyes are glowing hot yellow, and he is controlling Chinese, quote, public intellectuals as carved on one of the zombies' foreheads. The viral images tilted or titled, quote, The Sleeping King Ascends the Throne, The Evil Spirit is Resurrected were created by Yang Quan, a Chinese artist known for his, quote, cutting-edge work, including his creations of the Chinese versions of the official Hollywood popular movie posters for Predator 
and quote X-Men Dark Phoenix. China watchers and net netizens had a laugh over the images. So they see this as a joke, right? They see this as a joke as he's sitting here on the iron throne of AR-15s and M-16s. But what does this mean, right? What does this image mean? The crowned and conquering king as he ascends his way to the throne. Let me see if I can pull this up for you guys. Or, or or read this in a separate uh, in a separate thing because this is an archetypal image, man. This is an archetypal image. Uh, the, the, the idea I get right, the sleeping king, is this image of our so-called elected official asleep at the wheel, man. Biden, Biden time, buying time. What is he buying time for? Buying time for us to get invaded. Who is he selling us out to? Who is he sleeping for? Goes on to say the quote, in America, it is like this kind of play off how the Republicans have tried to demonize Biden for very long, said Victor Xi, associate professor of UC San Diego. Quote, this is sort of the ultimate expression of this to such an exact, exaggerated degree that it's kind of funny. But Xi said this image, this image is, may convey a deeper meaning to some in China who accuse the U.S. of trying to turn Chinese citizens against their government. Quote, you have this very exaggerated image of a very evil Biden, but also his ability to mobilize these public intellectual zombies in an image is also kind of funny because it has long been China's accusation of the U.S. government that the U.S. is using folks like public intellectuals and scholars within China to carry out, quote, peaceful evolution, she said. Given current tensions between the U.S. and China, the images are, quote, not helpful, she said. Quote, just like a lot of speech and reporting that you see in the U.S. about China is not helpful, these images demonize the U.S. leadership, he said. And no, uh, this is a very purposely <laughs> evil image. I mean, they're trying to show you that this guy is going against his people. Now, this is a very, very lengthy article. Uh, the article is titled China Could Soon Outgun the U.S. It basically talks about how within the next five years uh, and how by the end of Biden's presidency, they expect China to overtake America. Yeah, right here. Uh, as a result, the U.S. military is on track to be outgunned potentially in quantity and quality of armaments by the end of President Biden's first term. It's a very lengthy article, and it talks about how we can expect China to overrun us that our sleeping king, Beijing Biden, has sold us out through either ransom attacks or through God knows what, to where we're, we're weak, to where we're not actually building up our military. People don't take us serious. They look at us and they think of us as a joke. The sleeping king is not a, a, a beautiful title. It's definitely not something you want to inherit. You see... Dangerous days, but that's for sure. Dangerous, dangerous days. You know, I got to look at, again, what's all going down, how fast it's going down, and the players, man, the players, the useful idiots, and, again, how fast everything's un unfolding, man. How fast.
but unfortunately nobody joined us whenever we had our uber conference i suppose we'll have to wait for another show to see how that integrates with our audience unfortunately that's just the way the cookie crumpled with this particular episode uh, but i gotta go ahead and start closing stuff out for you good people don't want to keep you here all day but i do want to keep you informed let me go ahead and just try to read through some of these articles over here on Telegram as fast as I can before the ADD kicks in and I got to just shut it down. But uh, let me just go ahead and read some of what we've got posted so far. Millions of Americans could face eviction as the housing protection expires in June. It says that more than 11 million Americans are behind on their rent and many could face eviction when the national housing protection expires. This is coupled by the fact that in less than two weeks, millions of Americans will lose their unemployment benefits. Uh, And this is something I'm sure I'll talk more about in conjunction on the podcast this week, how the social decay that is eating away at America is like a cancer. It's become visible all around us. That's what I'm saying. Things are things are good right now. Right. People are still collecting the Trump bucks, their stimulus checks. The Starbucks are still working. You can go get your free whatever from McDonald's, if you're vaccinated, things are somewhat good right now. But what happens when they're not? Like I said, it seems like every other day we're reporting on some type of child kidnapping or some shooting or some some violence that's that's happening. What happens whenever things really start to go downhill? Just something to keep in mind. Uh, UK government is absolutely thinking about mandatory COVID vaccines. And I think, you know what, I think this might be the better way for us to end this transmission. I'm going to go ahead and play for you guys real quick this clip of this this lady's uh, powerful encounter with a pro-vax pusher. We didn't talk a whole lot about COVID because, well, you get the deal already. Uh, but I think we're going we're gonna to end this transmission playing this clip of this woman's powerful encounter with a pro-vax pusher because it's crazy, man. This seems like a totally rational lady talking about taking her kid to the park. And then she talks about coming into contact with somebody who's been anti-human, who's been on this, this, this propaganda tip for so long that she hasn't shake hands. She hasn't hugged anybody. And she, she goes through the whole motions of explaining that whole process of how she's seeing this person, you know, uh, reconcile with the fact that she's been touched. But then as the conversation progresses, right. She realizes she doesn't have her vaccine. And this person that's been so addicted to the propaganda gets furiously angry at the fact that you don't have your vaccine. There's only 700,000 people that have died. You lied to me. I kid you not. It's a very, very powerful encounter. We'll play this and then we'll close the episode out for you good people. Uh, But again, it just shows you where we are at halfway through the year of 2021. Tonight, I went to the beach with my son to meet some mom friends. I'm grateful to this friend of mine who says, let's plan this, let's do this, because I've not planned or done anything social for quite a while. And I brought all my beach gear, wetsuits, boogie boards, table, And as I was sludging all this stuff to the beach, I mean, I had my hands were full, my shoulders were covered. 
and um, I dropped a boogie board. And so a very lovely woman behind me with her husband said, I'll get it. And they were both not wearing masks, which I thought was great. I didn't know where she stood politically or personally. And she came up and we struck up the most beautiful conversation. And we connected instantly. And um, I think we talked for 10 minutes. And then as she was leaving, I just said, you know, thank you so much for carrying this for me. And she helped me carry another bag too. And I said, you know, do you, do you shake hands? And she shook my hand and I just thanked her. And then she said, that's the first time I've shaken someone's hand in a really long time. And I was like, oh my gosh. I said, do you want a hug? And she said, okay. And so I hugged her and she got goosebumps all over her arms. It was clearly the first hug she'd had in a very long time. And then she said, you know, I just think you're so great. I'm going to get your number. We're going to, you know, let's connect and have lunch sometime. She left. I set up. My friends came. The kids started playing. And then she came back and said hi. And we talked some more. And at some point, the conversation went to politics because it was, we talked about, you know, she had an ulcer. And I just said, oh, it's too bad. And I found out it was because Trump had been elected, which... I understand because I was also totally shocked that Trump was elected. <clears throat> so she's had some health issues there. But then I started sharing with her that you know, I, I no longer was identifying with either party. And at, lo, lo and behold, like within another 10 minutes, I mean, we talked forever. She finally started to pick up on the fact that I was, I'd had my awakening because of COVID. And she said, did you get the vaccine? And I said, no. And she was like, her face just changed. And she kind of, and then she said, well, and she knew my husband was a physician. She said, did your husband get the vaccine? And I said, no. And she said, but that's the most important thing you can do. Over 700,000 people have died. And I really, I stayed very calm. And I just said, and she said, well, um, I talked about my history with learning about the pharmaceutical industry, once being very trusting, as many of you know, to then experiencing adverse events and deciding to start looking into things myself, reading package inserts, becoming familiar, learning about the revolving doors between regulatory bodies and industry. Anyway, long story short, I just said, she said, do you think that um, the virus is, is, you know, do you think the vaccine's worse than the virus? I said, well, that depends on who you are. I said, are you talking about a 15-year-old teenager who's pretty healthy, or are you talking about an 80-year-old with health issues? I said, because it's really different for everybody. I said, personally, I wouldn't, I'm not going to get it. It's still considered experimental, and I'm, you know, and she was, like, trying really hard to wrap her mind around this. Like, she liked me. We identified on so many levels. And then she lost her shit and she started shouting it. And shouting like, you're fucking dangerous. You're fucking dangerous to society. I thought you had had the vaccine because you weren't wearing a mask. 
you weren't wearing a mask and you shook my hand. She was so pissed and so upset. And I just said, I understand. I, I know where you're coming from. I said, I just there. And so I really just tried to, you know, slowly and carefully just say that the PCR tests are flawed for these reasons. I thought that ventilators killed a lot of people. I felt that it was criminal that we had denied so many patients uh, preventative drugs or drugs that could have reduced the symptoms because it was not beneficial to the pharmaceutical industry with regard to pushing their products forward under the emergency use authorization. Regardless, she couldn't hear a thing and she yelled and she pointed and she said, shit, and this damn and dangerous and all these things. And I hung in there and I tried to engage. And then she had to leave. She was like, had to leave, yelled at her husband for a while. And then she came back and yelled some more and everyone was shocked. And I was, I stayed calm. It was really jarring because it really, you couldn't reach her. You couldn't get her to understand that the vaccine, number one, doesn't prevent transmission, but number two, it's experimental. And number three, that one size does not fit all simply because she was talking about, we need to reach herd immunity. It was all this belief based in like herd immunity is going to come from these pharmaceutical interventions. My God, what a, a shocking, horrible experience. And I was really sad because we had really connected. In fact, we were about to exchange numbers. I'm really glad I didn't give her uh, my name, my full name and my husband's name because that would have been awful. But she was so angry and they left probably to take a, you know, an alcohol bath. <laughs> it's not funny. I could joke, but it's actually not funny. It's really, it was terrifying. It's really terrifying to see the level of brainwashing. And it's, it was so sad for me to realize that there are people out there that really haven't touched other people for a long time. Wow. Mind blowing. And I know I obsess over this stuff, but honestly, it's in our lives. It's in our faces. And I'm not going to pretend it's not right here in front of our faces. I took my son to the bathroom. I heard teenagers saying, oh, she got the vaccine. The conversation I hear every time I turn on NPR or the television, which I stopped doing because it triggered me, was vaccine, 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 vaccine. We have a massive psychological campaign happening right now. And really loving and caring and beautiful people are getting so sucked in and indoctrinated and brainwashed by this propaganda bullshit. That's terrifying. I've been watching this happen for a year and I have literally felt like I'm, I'm, I'm not living in my body. I, I am watching this going, I'm in a twilight zone. How is this really happening? How are people literally listening to what the TV says and the loudspeaker, you know, and they're standing on their dots and they're following the arrows and they're, oh, it's one mask one day and it's two masks the, ne the next day. And then it's, you can't go outside without a mask unless you're vaccinated. Where is your common fucking sense? 
what I'm most shocked by is how successful fear can be at controlling very smart, very thoughtful, loving, and caring people. We shared similar experiences. She has a master's in social work. I was applying, I was gonna go back to school for my master's in social work. We both have advocated on behalf of racial inequality and, and making, you know, so I, we really were in line there, but I realized there is a, there is this interesting mentality, like a culture. It's like, it really is like a religion. It's yep. like a religion. It's like, I'm starting to see how things come together for people. And I'm, I'm going, wow, I was, I was there once, you know, I, I really believed I cared about people and I do, but I now understand how it's been manipulated and um, corrupted really by, for political gain and for social control. The white knight virtue signals. We've lost our way, folks. It is May, 2021. And I just had a woman scream at me for 30 minutes on a beach, like in front of kids cursing. I'm grateful for my freedom friends. <laughs> I used to hate the word freedom because it was a Trump type word. I love my freedom friends. Oh my God. That word freedom could not mean anything more powerful. Yeah, it's it's a what powerful up? word for me is what I should say. You're welcome. I get it now. I get it. And for those crazy dudes that are out there trying to defend themselves and fight for their gun rights, for the first time in my life, I understand. Because what I'm watching is industry controlled government getting people so afraid they give up their rights, they give up their defense mechanisms and their defense, and they they give up everything that that I believe America should stand for. Freedom of choice, bodily autonomy, independence. We need informed consent. Can we all agree on those basic things, please? This is getting, thanks for letting me rant tonight. Yeah. So a, a powerful video. You hear her, you hear her awakening process. Uh, you hear her encounter with somebody who's still stuck into the matrix. I think we all know somebody that's just like us that, 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 you know, we used to hang out with, it's just like a brother from another mother or a sister from another father. And when it comes to this vaccine issue, it's very divisive. You're, you're hearing how she's connecting with somebody, trying to reach out, trying to have an authentic human relationship. And then this vaccine is the divisive issue. And then you extrapolate from there. It's like you, you, everybody always has that moment. Well, if they're lying about this, what else are they lying about? So a very, very powerful message. And I recommend you guys to share either this episode or that clip with everybody you know, because that's the awakening experience. That's her coming into contact with the propaganda, seeing where this person ends and the propaganda begins, and then her having to stand her ground, explain her point of view. Her husband's a physician. Obviously, he's fully well-versed on what's in the contents of the vaccine. 
obviously she doesn't want to take it. Oh, but we've got to reach herd immunity. There's that scientism. There's that blind belief in authority. There's a scientific dictatorship. And there's more of that social stratification. So a very, very powerful video. I would recommend you guys go share it with everybody you know, because this is where we're at right now. And this is what we have to fight up against. Because again, I'll say this and I'll close out the episode. Last week when I was saying how this soft kill option is removing all the well-intentioned good people, that's a perfectly perfect, that's a perfect example right there. I'm sure that person she was talking with was very genuine, was very sweet, was very decent. But what's happening right now is turning all the all the good, all the general, all the sweet, decent people, it's 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 weaponizing them. And it's turning them against us. And that's a sad part because we've got to learn to reach these people. And who knows what that woman's real waking, awakening experience was. Maybe it was an adverse rea- uh, reaction from a vaccine. Maybe it was actually doing the research. I'm not sure. But we need more of that. We need more people to awaken to what's going on because what's happening to us, eh, you, you would think we would hear more about the crimes against humanities as much as we hear about all this Nazi talk. Instead, we don't. Instead, we hear more of the same, more of the lunacy. That's why it's got to be fought back at every single step. However, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it for me. That's going to be the end of the show. Got to let you guys go. I know we hardly scratched the surface whenever it came to all this chaos. That's kind of how the cookie crumbles. We're only able to kind of scratch that itch just to kind of get at the surface. You know, this is, this is all of this is always going to be a deep dive. It always will be because it's going to intensify. That's why we got to look at what are the root causes? How is this going to get better? How can we, how is this going to get better? What are they doing to make it worse? And with the time frame we have, how do we make better decisions? Right. It's like the, the, the Chaz Chop thing. I definitely foresee more of that taking place. And if you go back and listen to my Zabellion minicast where I talk about this, 2018, the Pentagon ran uh, the JLASS, the Joint Lair and C strategic operation. They talk about this. The social stratification that you're seeing right now comes from the Generation Z Zabellion, comes from them breaking off with all of this. I foresee a lot more chaz chops taking place. I see a lot more destabilizing events taking place and a lot more authoritarian creeps on the rise. You see, because as the word freedom and liberalism expands, so does tyranny. This world, I'm telling you, (laughs) it's getting wild out there. It is getting wild and we are doing everything we can to try to fight the tide. Uh, But unfortunately, like I said, ladies and gentlemen, that's all I really have for you guys and gals. If you have any questions, feel free to email me. I'll have it in the description bar below. And as always, guys and gals, stay vigilant. Expose lies and share truth. This is Noise Era, Freedom Faction, out.